Is there a shadow side with kapwa, which is the Filipino core value of seeing other in you and you in others? It sounds beautiful, isn't it? Is there something wrong with over-sympathizing with other people's situation? In today's episode, magkwentuhan tayo. Let's chit-chat about kapwa psychology and why it's a challenge for someone, especially someone in the diaspora, to adhere to its definition. Are Filipinos truly bilingual? We use the same language at home, but speak and love languages foreign to each other, together but separated. Kamusta? I'm Rowan, licensed psychotherapist mom, immigrant twice, first-generation Pinay raising my mixed Filipino-American children in America. I found that after visiting 500 Filipino homes, I continue to be a student of the culture. In this podcast, we would be seatmates in this beautiful cultural classroom. And by the way, did I tell you I need my kaping barako straight from Batangas before each class? If you're interested in learning the deep intricacies of the Filipino culture, especially as it merged with American culture, talks about trauma-informed care and deepening your Filipino relationships across generations, which includes my fave topic, Pinoy Love Languages, you're in the right place. Are you getting weekly love notes from me? If not, I invite you to share this sacred space with me where I get a little bit personal each and every week if you're interested in the Pinoy love language, what else, and Filipino mental health, deepening your Pinoy relationships, at ibaba. The link to join in my weekly love notes is in the link. By the way, friends, I want to share with you that according to Spotify, we are one of the top 25% most shared podcasts. Salamat po for listening. I know I always say that, but I'm really grateful sharing this space with me. I can only imagine that you're busy doing the stuff that you're doing, cooking. But for me, I usually do the laundry and listen to a podcast. What do you usually do? Or what are you doing now while you're listening to me? So I really want to thank you. I'm grateful. Maraming salamat po. Hi everyone, this is Rowan, another Pinoy Love Language podcast. I don't want to say I can't believe it. I, I believe it. And I want to say thank you to my hubby who does all the podcast editing. And actually now I don't have the kids. So what better else to do than to podcast, right? So thank you. Today we're going to talk about Kapwa. What is Kapwa? We often hear social media posts around Kapwa psychology. Uh, Kapwa is the Filipino core value by Virgilio Enriquez. And it's basically colloquially seeing someone in the other and the other in you. I think it's such a, a beautiful Filipino core value in psychology when we talk about connecting deeply with someone even though they're talking about neuroscience they sound like at least for me they sound like they're talking about the filipinos definition of kapwa where you deeply sense another person and it's really so beautiful 
And if you haven't spent a lot of time in the islands, you really could see this. You could really see people take the time, say if someone is lost, tricycle driver, and every minute counts for them and they don't even make a lot of money. But it wouldn't be uncommon if you're really lost and you ask for directions and you'd say, Kuya, I'm really lost. Can you help me out? It would not be uncommon, which of course it wouldn't, I'm not saying it's going to happen all the time, that someone would actually take their tricycle and lead you the right way. So how that looks like is like, come follow me. I'll take you to the place that you're looking for. So that's the sense of kapwa or someone taking the time to cross the street even though they aren't really planning to cross the street but they might see a lola that's having a hard time. This is something very common like a Filipino would not think twice. Doing it of course culture evolves and time can also change our behavior the way we interact with other people. But for the most part, as I always say in the Spinoid Love Language podcast, we're talking about collective expression, not individual differences, because that would be um, impossible. So this kapwa, we say it's unique, but you know, in many ways, it's really not. A lot of collectivistic cultures have a way to sense the other deeply. And especially in the Philippines, because we have so many thousands of islands to move from one island to the other. If you just think of Bayanihan, which is when the community helps a neighbor move their movable bahay kubo to another place, you need the whole kapwa and people doing kapwahan, which is the verb, so that there is uh, this community, this collective support to get to a goal, a collective goal, which is in this example, moving the Bahay Kubo. So this is very much the practice in the motherland. Now the question is, could it change? I think we already know that culture evolved. Maybe today the intensity is not as great as it was 10 years ago but just like history history fluctuates and so we shall see but one thing to expect is that growth is inevitable and that culture evolves it does not live in a vacuum so that's what makes this pinoy love language podcast an adventure for me because it's a constant learning, a constant deep listening to you and an ongoing observation and, and learning. So it's really an adventure for me. Now, let's talk about the shadow side of Kapwa. When I say shadow, I'm borrowing the definition of Carl Jung so from the Jungian perspective of what a shadow is. You might think shadow is something just dark because we have this imagination that it's some dark persona. But a shadow could be both positive and negative. One of the shadow sides of kapwa is the tendency 
to read other people's emotional state first before your own. And there's a lot of teachings around this. The way we parent our children is very different in the way, quote-unquote, an American would parent their child. So I have mentioned before, there's a lot more rehearsal. We have words like iyak-iyakan, galit-galitan. So the first one is like pretend crying, pretend like you are angry. And even the way we play peekaboo and teasing to our baby is quite different, culturally different. We tease our children a lot more. When I say teasing, I, you probably would have um, an implication in your head what teasing is. Usually in the American lexicon, teasing is not always positive as it could be negative. I just mean teasing as something to the effect of having someone wait to get a reward or a positive reinforcement. For instance, you would observe a Filipino mom and more in the motherland, like play with the baby and pretend they're going to give the baby a morsel of food only to actually eject the hand and she will do it over and over again. So I'm talking about teasing by that definition. That's one observation that when I started working with moms here in America, I was once sitting in a presentation and they said, no, no, that is teasing. Teasing is bad. And just being brought up in the Philippines, teasing is actually not seen as something negative. So... That's one difference. And while you're listening to me, if your brain is tagging that as negative, just be very curious about it. Just take the time. Sometimes when we may feel triggered by something, it's probably that we want to either make it in the category of right or wrong. That's understandable. That's the way the brain tags our system especially if you've seen someone do that to another baby or if your mother has done something similar to you your body wants you to be protected from that experience especially if it's negative so a trigger comes from that if you can while you're listening to me just use your eyes to look around it allows the body to widen its lens just by using your eyes so that's one because we are deep into sensing and there's a lot more teasing that occurs and during the stage of development for a child the child learns or leans into learning other people's emotional state so i use the word lean it doesn't mean that we just forget about how the child feels. Not that your child is not important, but the child is seen as part of the circle, a member of the family, a member of the society. Another shadow side, and again, I repeat when it's a shadow side, there's both a positive and the negative features to it. I've talked about collective co-regulation. And if you're not familiar, I would link the show notes or the link to the episode the past episode for it but there's also 
a blog post around it. I haven't heard collective co-regulation. There is co-regulation, self-regulation that we often use here in the study of attachment theory. I was looking for language to denote how uniquely the Filipinos co-regulate. And so I put together collective co-regulation. And this is beautiful. So collective co-regulation is basically the culture co-regulating. When you say co-regulating, soothing each other. So when things go awry, there's a lot of people around you. I use the metaphor that when it's raining... When you know how to self-soothe, you have a, a strong umbrella so that you know how to comfort yourself. When you co-regulate, you might go under someone else's umbrella because yours might be too flimsy. Maybe the, it, it, the rain became a typhoon. So you need a bigger one and you go under someone's umbrella. That's co-regulation. Collective co-regulation is when maybe there's a typhoon and everybody has their own umbrella, but they're flimsy. Some have holes. But if the ceiling has so many umbrellas combined together, if you've been into those malls where, you know, when it's the holiday, they put like umbrellas on the ceiling as decor. Even if those single umbrella have holes or they're flimsy, but because they're covering the, the ceiling, the likelihood that you would get wet or you would be soaked is, is not likely. So collective co-regulation is the shadow side is that we're not really honing very much our ability to self-soothe because there are so many other umbrellas around us. And in many ways, this is appropriate for the culture. It's also... Uh, beautiful but this is also one of the reasons if not the reason why it's so difficult for an immigrant when they move in diaspora because suddenly they're used to so many umbrellas like the ceiling is the umbrella now they have their only one umbrella and because they haven't really practiced self-soothing if you're familiar with self-soothing it's your ability to soothe yourself. That is what they need when you are more in a space of not having a lot of people around you in more individualistic culture. So that's one of the shadow side of also kapwa is that you don't get to practice the ability to self-soothe. So when we return, thank you for sticking by. I'll share two more shadow side of Kapwa. Jantalang. Okay, we're back. So we talk about the shadow sides of Kapwa before our break, and I'm gonna share two more. If you have any other thoughts, and I'm sure, you know, this is not all the shadow sides of Kapwa, leave me a comment. Also, if you're liking this podcast, I ask you to share it with your loved ones. Ika nga nila, as they say, sharing is caring. Okay, two more shadow sides of Kapwa. 
The first one is the phenomena of so-called wearing your emotions on your sleeves and difficulty setting boundaries because you see the other as yourself so much that you probably don't want to say no to yourself, but you need to say or learn how to say no to others. The shadow side makes it difficult sometimes for people to say no. Have you had an experience? I always have this experience. And excuse me, mom, because my mom actually likes to listen to this podcast. Thank you, mommy. And when I was growing up, when people call, my mom is an entrepreneur. You could just imagine that there's a bunch of people calling her. So even though she's in the house, she'll say, tell them I'm already gone, <laughs> you know? And instead of just saying she's not ready to talk or she's busy, it's this difficulty of uh, saying no or not wanting to offend another person because the distinction with the other person, this bubble, is not as distinct. And so you don't want to say no to yourself, which is, you know, it's really saying no to the other. So that's one shadow side. And there's another one, last one that I would share, that's also in line with difficulty saying no. But it's this phenomena of kawawa, which is pitying someone. The kapwa is really seeing the other, like that other person is a part of you. And so part of difficulty saying no is that you feel you over sympathize with the other person and sometimes they also might need to learn lessons in life but because it's so hard for you painful for you to see the other person suffer at least in your definition of suffering you carry that burden for them instead because as they always say kawawa naman have pity this is a shadow side and I might have shared this in the past with my children. I have a beautiful, wonderful caregiver before and she might say that kawawa naman and I gently coach her not to use that language with the children so that they won't intentionally wear their emotions on their sleeve, rather use facts to make decision what i mean by that is like if someone is not sharing and someone is upset instead of saying okay just give it to her because she's crying and i mean there is an occasion for that but for the most part we're going to talk about the issue at hand rather than making a decision because you feel that someone is kawawa like you can't stand their emotional state which usually is what happens maybe when you're having a conversation with your lola or your tita. You can't stand their emotional state or they can't stand yours. And they just give you whatever it is that pacifies you. And what you would find is it doesn't really solve the problem. Rather, it prolongs it. So this is what keeps happening in our Filipino relationships. That we think that by sweeping things under the rug, that our houses, our household looks clean. Even though we're probably accumulating cobwebs and, and dust and dirt 
under stuff that we don't usually look into. So those are the things I would share about shadow sides of Kapwa. Feel free to give me your thoughts, your comments. Now, why is it a challenge to those who were raised in diaspora for Filipino Americans, people in Canada or elsewhere? First, it's almost like talking or understanding two different languages. I talked about we have very different self-soothing strategies. In an individualistic culture, there is emphasis on self-soothing, right? When you take your child to the daycare or to Lola, I mean, if they would be crying the whole day waiting for you, that would not do them any favor. So children have to learn how to self-soothe. And it's very different when there's more of the neighbor next door. It's more collective. That type of uh, self-soothing is less honed. Another one why it's a challenge, the physical proximity in Western culture is wider. So if you just imagine two people standing in front of each other, but it's like they're a distance away. Now, in the Filipino culture, that is so much narrower. Like if you think about Filipinos in the jeepney, I mean, you rub your elbows against the next person sitting beside you when you're closer to someone else you get to listen to them more you're more in tune you can hear their whisper and when you're in the diaspora the skill to attune to send someone beyond words is less honed and the self-soothing is the one that is emphasized more finally this is the third one that i would share in this episode there's the absence of cultural whispers and there's also another episode and a blog post that I will just check out the links, guys. I'll put everything there. In the Philippines, you might have a tito, a tita, someone who is trying to translate what the other person actually means. Those are cultural whispers and we really don't have those not that we don't have titos and titas but they're very busy working two jobs and once in a while they might not be available but such practice of someone trying to in interpret what the other person is saying takes practice so it's repetition to learn to be fluent in learning a language you have to keep practicing keep hearing the words and not just for the Tito, but actually for the person who's getting the this translation service, if you will. So, thank you for listening. Finally, I want to say that even though the Filipino immigrant and Filipino American, you know, even though you share something fundamentally the same, which is your being Filipino, you are also unique the filipino immigrant is unique if you're from canada or wherever else in diaspora you're unique the kapwa psychology has many beautiful facets but just like a beautiful magnificent most attractive footwear it may not fit everyone it may not fit you and of course it wouldn't right we all have different feet sizes and so I want to say just to recap, to keep your kapwa spirit and allow it to evolve just like you. 
Thank you sa pakikinig at again, this is Rowan sa uulitin.